Mr. Mark Selby, how are you, sir? Very good, Mr. Matthew Gordon. Good, good, good. Are you still trotting around speaking to uh, politicians? How's, it, how's that going? I am. Yeah, no, we had a great day in Ottawa last week, and uh, yeah. I am off to Queen's Park, which is the Ontario provincial government buildings, yeah. uh, in about uh, half an hour. So it's, it's interesting. I'm getting a lot of um, that from uh, junior mining CEOs saying, in terms of the support they're getting from Canadian government, provincial and federal. It's um, well, if you're in the EV space, I think yes. it was the uh, proviso yes. on that one. Um, yep. Good, 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 good. Well, look, um, why don't, we're going to run through a couple of, uh, sort of company announcements uh, as well in a second, but let's start off with market news. And Is there hope, hope ahead of it? Yeah, yes. I, again, despite uh, the news, uh, it's, still, uh, it's still early, but um, we're coming to the end of Chinese New Year, and uh, we have seen prices now at about a three-month high. Uh, out of the range of sixteen to seventeen thousand, where they've been through that three month period, and and popped up to seven, just seventeen thousand two hundred uh, as we're speaking. So at six percent in two weeks, uh, I had been calling for a rebound to start after Chinese New Year. We'll have to wait to see what the market commentary is next week. Um, basically, people, as I said, shut down for two weeks, so we'll start to see reports and stuff in terms of what's happening in, in the market. But you know, so far, a good start to the year of the dragon, and 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 we'll see whether 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 this continues. Again, I expect the rebound. Didn't think it was going to be this quite short, sharp. Uh, and then again, we may be back at sixteen by the end of next week. But for right now, at least it's seen that there's you know there is some uh, ability for some momentum coming off the bottom here. So. Uh, which is great, right? Okay, well, let's let's see if whether it's uh, Year of the Dragon or, or Green Lantern. I'll see where <laughs> this one goes. Um, right. So, um, it, when it's really important to understand that, that 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 you know, if we can get the momentum going, because I think the two things that people are worried about um, when it comes to nickel is obviously you know the the, the broader macroeconomic driving price. Yeah, uh, and the second thing is some of the actions that they're saying. I quoted to me as recently as yesterday um, about copper companies putting projects into care and maintenance. You know, we've talked about Wailu, Mincor, and and now we're sort of seeing um, BHP sort of joining the fray. Yeah, so as as we're getting into um, quarter and quarter reporting season. Um, some of the big guys, uh, again, some good capitulation moment news, which again helps confirm that you're on bottom. So BHP, I think, is taking a $5.7 billion write down on their nickel business, including the asset that they bought uh, as part of the Oz Minerals uh, transaction. Lots of doom and gloom uh, about the asset. Um, the, the, they lost $200 million um, in the most recent period. So, you know, again, when we talk about, you know, there be that we're trading into the cost curve. You know, there are lots of very real world examples and, and that entire Nickel West business, you know, being one of those uh, examples. Uh, Glencore also announced that they're not funding Connie Ambo any further. That's their big project in New Caledonia. You know, that that's basically never worked. It's been at best 50% capacity or so. Um, and, and New Caledonia is a very expensive place to do business. So, um, now, part of that, I think, was BHP, you know, threatening that they, they might shut down the entire operation, uh, put it on care and maintenance for a period of time. Um, Aussie government's come back, said they're going to cut the uh, cut the royalty. Uh, and again, again, that's a it's fairly chunky. It's you pay more, you know, you've got your income taxes, but the way that the mining sector, you know, pays taxes in Australia, a big chunk of it is that royalty. They've agreed to slash it in half for a period of time. And they've now added nickel to their critical minerals list. For some reason, I have no idea. 
nickel was not on the Australian critical minerals list when they first came, when governments were all coming out with them. Uh, they have now added it, added to it, which again opens up a bunch of other government financing incentives. And then France, you know, again, nickel is prime. Nickel and tourism are the two industries uh, in New Caledonia of note. And so uh, France is offering the operator of the other big project, which is now called Prony Resources, which is the old Goro project um, that a uh, uh, consortium bought um, from Valet a few years ago. They've offered to toss in $150 million um, to try and keep keep that operation afloat. Um, we'll see what happens again. Both, the, both these operations have struggled on multiple dimensions. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see, see what happens with those uh, as they go forward. But again, the, all of this news flow is exactly what you, what you see at, at the bottom in a turning point in the market. So, uh, again, the green shoots that we've seen this week, the, this news flow, you know, this might hopefully, you know, we'll put a pin, pin hopefully put a pin in, in it as a bottom. Um, and then we can start moving higher towards your end. Okay. Maybe we can combine the tourism with the mine rebuild uh, <laughs> at Prine. You never know. Could work. <laughs> They can have that idea. But I think the kind of bigger thing that you just mentioned there is obviously um, like governments trying to step in because I think they're starting to recognize this critical minerals list and taking it a bit more seriously than they have done at any point since I've been in, in banking and, and, and investing. Um, it was a sort of careful nod to the fact that these these are important but not doing anything about it. Actually, you know, re, you know, in terms of tax incentives, in terms of, you know, cutting, cutting down um, royalties, et cetera, do you see more governments having to do the same? I'm, I'm talking about really the state of the junior mining industry in terms of access to capital, incentives to actually either um, get into production, uh, or, or and, and kind of sort of, I guess a, a, mild, a mild disdain by most people for mining and, and fossil fuels at the moment. It seems if, if I'm listening to my kids. So, yeah. what, what what do governments need to do more than just money? I suspect. Yeah, no, they, 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 you know, again, the discussions in Canada, you know, are good. You know, we've talked about it. And so, again, when you see governments throwing money after old projects that have struggled for a long time, um, you can imagine that governments that are trying to actually promote a critical mineral sector, you know, are probably thinking about, you know, cap, quantum, cap, quantums of capital, you know, in that same range. And so, uh, in the EV sector, you know, we made the announcement last week about the downstream processing for both the nickel and stainless steel. Governments are very, very serious about domesticizing their supply chains, getting China out of the supply chain. You know, car companies, the whole battery supply chain, again, very, very focused on domesticizing supply chains. And so I think this 2024 is going to be the show me year, but, but I think... People will be pleasantly surprised, you know, by the end of this year and they look back and they see the kind of deals and the kind of financing support that have come from the various levels of government and from the downstream downstream customers, you know, that, uh, you know, they'll kind of be, be, oh, geez, you know, maybe maybe we should have, you know, taken a punt on this one, you know, <laughs> earlier this year because the government is really going to show up with the money. You know, yeah, and, and I guess it it also is a very good um, example as to why industry doesn't kind of you know go upstream as well. You know, Project Goro as well as now Prony Resources. Um, you know, that's a that's been a huge dis uh, destroyer of, of of capital and, and, and money. You know, Glencore obviously struggling, BHP struggling. Um, it is. Do, do you think? Do you expect to see sort of more government initiatives like this, or, or can industry? I'm talking about uh, OEMs. 
look past that and and and, and look and try and find better projects if they're indeed qualified to identify better projects. And where, where's the money come from? Yeah, no, no, no. I would say I, again, both both the various government Canada, we have a whole sort of alphabet soup of various government programs that have billions of dollars of capital to deploy, um, and and they're, they've now finally geared up to do it. Um, and 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 in in the car auto sector. Uh, uh, again, the, the car companies, the battery companies uh, that are serious about this, you know, have really, you know, have put together sort of cross-functional teams, pulled the best people from various departments across the business. They've gone out and, you know, have mining, geology people on staff so they can, you know, look uh, effectively um, at these types of projects. And so, uh, you know, again, they're they're doing the work, you know, to be able to make these investments because they know, you know, that the, the capital markets as, as currently constituted, you know, aren't prepared to deliver that quantum of capital, you know, for the, for, to, to deliver these critical minerals projects that these companies all need, um, before the end of the decade. So, um, yeah, no, it, it, it that, yeah, again, not there yet, but it'll be <laughs> before year end, as I said, you'll, you'll, you'll see a, a number of, de- we've already seen some more deals happen in, in, in the sector. And I think you're going to see a whole lot more happen. As as right. this goes on, and and I think, and again, just in terms of just trying to deal with some of some of the ne- negative comments around the, this portion, it's like you know, if you don't look at the detail, looking at headlines saying "Oh, BHP's you know taking a write down," or we're thinking of going to Karen Mason, you think Glencore um, is going to find and pile more money into it, sort of loss, you know, a loss making exercise. I think the French government are going to step in on 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 a big project like Prony. You would probably it'd be re- reasonable um, of you to think, well, this whole nickel space isn't working because the nickel price isn't moving quickly enough. But I think it might be worth kind of pointing out. I think I pointed out before. I spoke to the, the one of the bankers involved on the on the, the Wiley Mincor deal, and and that was really a case of it was done at the the height of the you know nickel price, and it was a very highly levered deal. It's more about financial structuring as to why perhaps that. Seen a few problems, and, and you know, it, it, could, it could be said that I think some of the projects we talked about today, you know, perhaps the the the, stru- the financial structure and financial engineering hasn't helped. It's not necessarily oh, all of all of the supply of nickel is going to come from Indonesia, so why bother, lads? I mean, is that how do you read it? Yeah, yeah, no, I think I mean, I think the the, the key here is not to take. One or two examples and and sort of spread it across the sector to say you know that, that this doesn't work you know the, the two assets in New Caledonia both both of which implemented you know very novel tech quote unquote technology um, on a la- on laterite deposits in one of the most you know politically challenging you know jurisdictions to operate in, in New Caledonia and so. Um, you know they they've struggled for fifteen years. You know they have their their cash costs are probably in the eight to nine to ten dollar pound range, um, and so yeah, no, this is you know when the price is seven and you're at eight dollars a pound. Now there's a whole series of projects like ours, like FPXs, you know that are that are you know big scale and and you know our cash costs, you know we'd still all be making money at, at today's nickel prices. So it's important not to take a, a set of projects that have some significant flaws and say that everything. And the nickel space looks like this. In terms of Nickel West, you know these are these were mines that were you know got started, discovered in the in the 1970s, and and brought online from the 1970s through the 1990s. And so you know these are 30, 40, 50 year old 
operations uh, in Western Australia. We haven't had that many new, brand new discoveries. And so, yeah, when assets are 30, 40, 50 years old, you generally try and do a good job of picking out the best stuff early on and leaving the, the less valuable stuff to the end. And so a lot of these mines, you know, are picking away at the less valuable stuff. You know, and Western Australia is a very, very expensive place to operate. And so, again, you know, that's that's why these these operations have these, you know, high single digit cash costs and, and at today's market are making money. But that doesn't mean a big new operation on a new deposit that's properly structured in, using proven technology can't deliver low cash costs for long periods of time. Right. And so, you know, that's the opportunity. And that that's why the governments in the battery supply chain are talking to us. OK, so it's basically, basically what we're saying, champs uh, and lasses, uh, critical thinking needed, trying to understand the root cause of some of those issues can be financial, financial structuring can be technical um can be political can be lots of reasons but uh no broad brush strokes please okay um you've got a little bit of news yourself actually um which i saw this morning and in fact a lot of news coming out of you at the moment so t- give us an update yeah so we have uh, two exploration results releases from the work we did at the end of last year so um at bannockburn uh this is a project that had been partly drilled before um, um by a company called grid minerals grid metals um they were focused on their lithium assets and we picked up um, Bannockburn. Uh, again, it's not as big as Crawford, but it's got this nice, you know, higher grade core that seems to show up in pretty much uh, all the drill holes down the center line of the deposit. And so, yeah, it's about a, the, the footprint there is about a third of the size of of Crawford. But remember, Crawford's the second largest nickel reserve in the world. So if we've got something <laughs> that's a third the size of Crawford, you know, that's a very, very happy thing. And, and again, it's part of a whole cluster of deposits uh, targets that we have in the southern part of uh, the south area. Uh, about 80 kilometers south of Timmins. Um, on the other side today, we announced a, a new discovery at Man Central. Uh, there's a whole series of very large ultramafics. You know, each of the, there's basically five deposits that are, you know, part of one big trend. All of them are ultramafics that are a multiple the size of, of Crawford. And so uh, these ones weren't as high grade. They're made mostly peridotite, which is, uh, has a lower nickel content than the dunite that we typically look for. But, um, you know, again, quite happy given the scale of some of these deposits, um, you know, what we have there. And and we're going to be um, drilling the rest of the targets uh, as we go through the rest of this year. Uh, we've got a conference call Friday morning uh, just to go through the exploration strategy. You know, we raised $35 million with Technico Eagle being the back end of a, of a charity flow through deal. And so, you know, that allows us to really, you know, demonstrate what we think, you know, Timmins Nickel District is going to become the world's largest nickel sulfide district by the time we're finished. So, and will, will that um, explanation or that, 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 that um, conversation cover how you deal with your multiple projects? Because obviously, we, we've been very much focused on Crawford. Yeah. And, you know, getting that through the economic study phases and, you know, working through to the point end of next year. You've got multiple projects. You've said that some of them potentially bigger than Crawford. You know how you not just allocate capital for exploration, but in terms of how you as a business manage all of those separate, I guess, potential revenue streams. Yeah, we'll be talking about sort of you know how we're going to sort of the sequence in terms of how we're going to go through uh, unlocking those deposits. You know, over the coming year, and uh, you know, again, you know, I think one of the things that is is a differentiator for us as Canon Nickel versus the other companies is, you know, a lot of junior miners have, you know, one project, you know, maybe two projects with a, you know, a little bit of, 
know, exploration potential. You know, there's nobody on our team who thinks that, you know, Crawford is, is, is the best deposit we have. You know, we've got 20 plus. And when you have a very large asset portfolio, uh, you know, it gives you lots of ways to unlock value. So, you know, I think it's going to be an exciting year as we, you know, now, now that we've demonstrated what we have with Crawford, then, you know, the, the other portfolio of assets and, and people we have, um, you know, to be able to unlock value as we go through 2024 will be equally exciting. Okay, well, we'll look out for that one. And obviously, please come on and explain. We got, in fact, I'm going to see it in Toronto. Maybe you can help us a little bit, um, give us a bit more uh, color then. Yep. Um, moving on, moving on. Okay, I am never one to gloat because I, I, you know, I wish people well. We need all the nickel in the world. I'm never one to say I told you so. Uh, but we have had a lot of sort of inbound from people going, asking us to talk about this, which is the situation with Horizonte. Um, some news this week. Well, give, give, give us the news, and then maybe we can just sort of chat, chat around that. And perhaps what we called about three years ago with this project. So give yeah. us the news for us. Yeah, no, as, as you say, it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not helpful, um, you know, when, when we see this kind of stumble. But um, so uh, they... They just announced their updated capital costs. They halted the project back uh, uh, several months ago when they realized that uh, they were all, all, you know, not on track and and you know they had a lot of work to do. And so the number came back that they needed 450 million US more capital. Um, it'll take a further 18 months uh, to complete it once once they have the financing package in place, which they expect to have on year year. And that's taken the overall capital cost, you know, to just just over uh, a billion US. Uh, again, I think the lesson here is, and, and the thing that we had flagged back in the day is, you know, there, there was two other, you know, the, the one thing to always do is take a look at a project and really try and find a um, an analog um, to give you a sense of what the capital costs and operating costs are. Um, and and the thing that um, I struggle with is the fact that you had two fair nickel operations, you know, in, in, in Brazil, um, done by much bigger companies. So yeah, smaller companies can sometimes think, do things more cheaply. Um, but the, the gap between, you know, the one and a half billion dollars that Anglo had spent, you know, and the 450, you know, that they were initially target or 500 million that they were initially targeting for the project just seemed a little too big. And, and that, you know, something close to a billion would probably be more, more likely. And, and unfortunately that's where we've ended up. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see what happens, um, um, you know, for the remaining shareholders, you know, with that, with, with the assets that Horizonte have, but, you know, there's deep pockets in the project. So, you know, I think this will get refinanced and, and get moving once, you know, once, you know, people are confident that we're going to see uh, a recovery in, in the, in the nickel market. And again, just again, do your work. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people saw, they did a great job. They had, they had Orion in there. They had Glencore in there. Um, and you think, oh, okay, these, you know, big mining companies, you know, big fund investors, you know, they, obviously they've done all their due diligence. And it, it has to be this number. You know, that's, that's, that isn't always, um, you know, isn't always the case. So again, just make sure to do your work, find assets that look like this one and try and, and benchmark it as best as possible. And if you can't find a benchmark, then, you know, uh, you know, Sort of treat treat the investment with with the right amount of of of, of risk in terms of your portfolio. So, I, you know, those are the two 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 key takeaways from this one. So, well, if you if you can't find a, 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 a comparable or do do peer analysis or get the data that you want, move on to the next deal. Yeah, because the company should you know the company should help you and make that yeah. information available for a start. There's more deals one. looking for more money than exists. So, 
don't worry about missing out on on this. There's another one literally right behind, coming up right behind. So say I say that in terms of investing um, what I want. The other, the other thing is like when we were talking about some of these issues about three years ago, you know, we got a lot of stick for daring to suggest that perhaps the capex may be a little bit light. We got a lot of stick for about a year and a half on, on, on that. And I think this is why we ask questions. It's okay in investing to ask questions. You don't go and, you know, kill the messenger and say, well, how dare you question the company? The, your job is to ask questions. The company's job is to answer those questions satisfactorily so that you get comfortable enough to make that investment in, into the company, okay? At no point did the company do that. They go, it'll be okay. And and then just and to your point, which I think is a good one, is like, well, all these big, big shiny names and we'll get blinded by the the brands involved with this one. Is that we've seen this, and I certainly did in my banking day, where, banking days where you just go, actually, some of these guys just follow the guy in front. They don't do the diligence. They go, oh, if that company's in, it's good enough for us. We'll go in. And you basically get a long, long line of big name companies who haven't done the bloody work, right? And I've seen it so many times. And I, you know, and I don't know if it was the, the case here, but as an investor, don't assume that these guys have done their homework unless they say, we've been at, at this for six months and done our homework. You got to see see that. And hear them say that to be, you know, to feel comfortable. Because at the end of the day, guys, this is your money. And if you're going to go on hearsay or making, you know, wild assumptions about what people have and haven't done, you're putting your money at risk. Okay. So, and I, and I just think that this was a this is a perfect case study of, um, se- you know, sentiment. It was done at the right time. Bravado. Not a lot of facts and not a lot of fact checking. And boom bunch of value destruction here and now we're sitting back up around the numbers which i think you and i are talking about from three years ago in london um and and subsequent to that of over a billion bucks which is a bit more like everyone else so like i say not good for the sector because it um makes people lose faith in in mining it's not good for because of the value destruction it's not good for nickel because people will make assumptions and again project as we said earlier in this conversation don't don't make those projections Critical thinking, really, really important here. So there you go. Um, some of my views on the on this topic. New management team, new assessment on the on the capex. Let's see where they go. Might be able to get something from it. Um, smaller companies, but perfectly formed, nevertheless. We'll start with Magna Mining. Yeah. So they've you know they've they've got uh, they picked up uh, the old Green Hill mine from Inco now called Denison. Um, they are targeting now some of what's called the footwall deposits um, in in Inco at in sorry in Inco and Sudbury. Um, there's three types of deposits. Um, you know the, the the main ore body there that was largely mined out is is your sort of classic nickel to copper with you know nickel to copper about one and a half to two to one nickel to copper. But you know the big excitement with a company called FNX back in the 2000s was they made a bunch of discoveries and 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 were able to exploit a bunch of these what are called footwall deposits, you know, these have, you know, basically, you know, anywhere up to about 1% nickel, 5 to 6% or even higher amounts of copper, and, you know, anywhere from 5 to 50 grams of, of PGM uh, material. So very high value rock. And uh, again, they've got, they've, they've put out some nice results, uh, you know, 
and again, half percent nickel, one percent copper, and, and nine grams of platinum palladium over fifteen meters. So uh, again, good to see, um, and you know we'll look to see more results. The challenge with these bodies are they're a little irregular. Um, if you think of literally, you take a jar of rocks and you pour molten metal in them, and where that molten metal is, this is the stuff you want. These breccia deposits. That's kind of how these ones form in the basin. But you know, with these kinds of results, and and uh, you know, they that's uh, very very encouraging. Uh, the other drill results that came out um, were power nickel up in in Quebec. Um, they're uh, targeting some step outs around the resource. Uh, you know, anywhere basically the the highlights were eight to twelve meters with kind of just over half a percent nickel, half a percent copper with with some cobalt uh, and PGMs uh, associated with that. So you know, again, as as the year goes on and people during the doing the winter drilling because in places like Canada. You know, winter is a good time to get some drilling done. You know, we should see some more results over the next few weeks. And heading into PDAC, everyone likes to put out their their big big results announcements just going into PDAC. So hopefully when uh, see you in Toronto, we'll have uh, lots to talk about. hope so, hope so. And, and I think the other things are worth noting about, um, you know, Magna, um, one is a good team. I, I, you know, yeah. I like those. I like yeah. those guys. Solid, solid team doing the right yeah. things. I think it kind of got a bit hot and heavy back at the end of 2022 beginning of 2023 up right you know $1.20 they're about a third of that right now but the project's got better the, you know they, they know more about it and you know one hopes that they can continue to kind of kind of build that one out and um, Power Nickel I'm reliably told by the CEO it's the best nickel project out there so who am I to question Terry the great Terry Lynch um, so I again look forward to seeing how he evolves and develops that project so that's not me being facetious I think you know he's got something good he needs to kind of build out the kind of scale of that and demonstrate, you know, um, can can this can this be big? Can this be truly, therefore, economic? Um, and can he raise the 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 capital cheaply to be able to um, move this along um, the phases, as it were? So yeah, good, good stuff. Well, look, let's catch up in Toronto. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. We're going to see you on the Saturday. Jesus, yes. popular as a man. We're about to squeeze you in on the Saturday. Ew. Um, but maybe grab a glass of wine afterwards. Thank you very much, Mark. See you soon. Sounds great. Thank you, sir. Take care.